This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Nothing going on these days, so not much to talk about. Just kidding. Got my guys here, Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter. We've got a great show coming up for you. But first, you know what you need most, a Manscaped dad. Santa Baby, the season for a fresh cut is finally here with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have just launched their fifth-generation performance package to help you Avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using code BUCKNUTS for 20% plus free shipping. Miss Claus will thank you. What could be better than giving the gift of good hygiene and a few laughs? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping and use code BUCKNUTS. Say ho, ho, ho to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. All righty then. Let's bring in several well-groomed individuals, Mark Porter and Bill Curl. Gentlemen, we are going to get right into it. We talked about this a little bit before the show here. It is wild and wacky at the whack. There's a revolving door there on the transfer portal. We are going to get into that in detail, but first... We must deal with our wheelhouse when it comes to these two, and that is recruiting. Bill, a long while back, there was a crystal ball rolled for a D.C. native, and it caught my eye, and I gave you a call, and we talked about Jordan Seaton, at the time listed as an offensive guard for St. John's of the WCAC in, in Washington, D.C., you know, Gonzaga, DeMatha, all the heavyweights. Then he transferred to IMG. They kicked him out to tackle, and his profile has only amplified. Many, many visits, many, many suitors visited Ohio State this past weekend and announced he will be committing on Thursday. The late, great Dwayne Long was a major subscriber to the theory that followed the last visit. Do you subscribe to that theory when it comes to the most coveted member of the 2024 class still on the market. I feel like that's an accurate statement. Do you? Well, I, I, I subscribe to the theory of follow the visits in general. Um, not necessarily just the last one, but if a kid visits a school five or six times, you know, his interest is legitimate. So follow the visits overall. Uh, does the last visit always win? Not always, but you know, you look at that whole scenario, Jordan Seton, was going to make an official visit to Ohio State. Uh, didn't happen. He was possibly going to make a visit to Ohio State. Didn't happen. You know, it was on off. And then lo and behold, in the very end, he makes a visit to Ohio State, and it turns out the best case scenario for Ohio State. The last official visit. It wasn't his first time there, but he's been to other schools more than one time, too. So I don't know that you have a clear-cut answer by following the visits overall. But I can make a case, I can absolutely make a case that Jordan Seat will be a Buckeye. Now, am I crystal-balling him to Ohio State right now? Nope. 
but I can make that case, certainly. Um, you, you look at the schools that I think he will ultimately choose from. You look at Ohio State, you look at Alabama, you look at Tennessee, possibly Oregon. And especially with Alabama, Ohio State's got the best scenario as far as coming in and playing and starting a tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, Alabama's got those two young tackles, Caden Proctor, Elijah Pritchard. The path there is not great. Um, you say, well, Ohio State has four offensive linemen returning, including both tackles. You can kick those guys inside, so to speak, and make a spot for him at left tackle, for instance. Um, so, so the case is definitely, you know, the case is definitely there. Um, the last visit, as you mentioned, he has a good relationship with Justin Fry. Ohio State absolutely made sure he knew when he left Ohio State that uh, Dewan Jones, well, let's start, Paris Johnson played for Justin Fry his last year and was a first-round draft choice. Dewan Jones did as well. He wasn't a first-round draft choice. He was a fourth-round draft choice, but he's playing like a first- or second-rounder at worst. He's been really good for the Browns. So Justin Fry has done some work in helping those guys get to where they are. He absolutely knew that when he left Ohio State yesterday. Now, uh, the elephant in the room is always the NIL. I've been told that Ohio State's offer in that category is very competitive, very competitive. But you never know what's going to happen at the end with the NIL game. With Tennessee, I I was talking to someone – Regarding Tennessee last night, they don't think it's out of the question that that Tennessee could could blow things up with some type of offer at the very end. Oregon, (laughs) they certainly have the wherewithal to do it if they want. But again, I can make the case that Jordan Seaton, when he announces on Thursday, you you look at it typically when a kid makes a last visit, Jordan Seaton originally was not necessarily going to make his final announcement this quick and he makes his last visit and all of a sudden he's making his final announcement. That's generally good for the school he visited last. Not always, but generally. So again, while I'm not crystal balling them to Iowa State, you know, I can make the case that he is a Buckeye. And if you put him in this class with what uh, they've got, <laughs> that changes everything. You've got your stud, absolutely the top offensive tackle prospect in my mind in the country picking Ohio State. You've got Ian Moore, who is a really good offensive tackle prospect. You've got Deontay Armstrong, who um, you know, has the potential to be really, really good at offensive tackle. He's not going to do it right away, but he's got the potential to be really good. You've got those three at offensive tackle. You've got uh, Devontae Armstrong, another potential guy, plenty of potential at guard. And you've got Gabe Van Sickle coming mm-hmm. in on the interior. That all of a sudden makes Justin Fry look really good. So we'll see. Mark, you know all of those guys. You've done evaluations on all of them. I think Seton would actually grade out probably the highest of the group. Am I wrong? That's what I was just going to say, and I think that's why Bill is so excited for Coach Fry that you're adding the biggest piece of the puzzle as your last piece. You already had a good class. You already had you know guys you liked and you thought you could win with, but you go and pull the Trump card out with the guy who's the highest rated and maybe the most coveted. Yeah, this is definitely a haul for him. And I, and I think Seton might be the guy that could play first. He might be the most game ready. Like you mentioned with the Armstrongs, anytime you're that tight end body, you're kind of a later developer and you're still adding a little muscle, a little beef here and there before you're totally done. Seton might be a little more of a finished project where, the words plug and play, you know, like, yeah, he may be getting some reps sooner than you would think with than some of these other guys. And that's a double-edged sword because we need help on the O-line. We would need help from a young guy, but he's the type of young guy that would do it. And that's no disrespect to the other guys in the class, but he would be maybe not just the best O-lineman, but maybe bumps him up to one of those top few players in this class. And, you know, we, we have some big guys at the top and I don't want to, yeah, move them down at all, but there's there's room up there for him too. I think people would have made the trade 
for the defensive lineman who defected for the offensive lineman, just given the need and the way it's, I mean, if you want to talk, the term look test has gotten put through the ringer with the college football playoff, et cetera. But Jordan Seaton would be in your like look test all-stars for the class. You know what I mean? He is the prototype blind side first guy off the bus left tackle. So there's only so many of those guys walking planet earth. That's why they're so coveted. And, and, and um, I would definitely make the trade for the guy we lost to Miami. If you said, yeah. hey, you could take this guy or the one we're going to lose, this guy. Yeah. So the, I, I like the way you phrase that. Yeah, I shouldn't say anything more on that or I'll get – people don't like me talking about other programs. Um, okay, Bill, let's move on here. Uh, we will be all over the Jordan Seaton thing, and I think people are waiting for – an orb of crystal nature to get rolled towards the area we are residing in. So we will wait on that. Let's talk about the other guys who are headed for Ohio state this weekend to visit three other really interesting names and guys who maybe not as high profile as Seton, but will be wonderful additions to the class. Minnesota safety, Coy Parrish, Defensive lineman Carlin Jones, I believe, from Texas. And then Ernest Willer, who's a Maryland native that was at IMG and back at Maryland in the Maryland area. Um, whereas our guy Seton went from D.C. and stuck it out at uh, IMG. What do you know about these dudes? What are your thoughts? Uh, will you be rolling any crystal balls in the near future? Well, let, let me start by saying when you look at – the everybody's talking about the portal right now and why not over 1000 division one guys entered the portal on monday I said that again over 1000 division one guys entered the portal just on monday so there's a reason everybody's talking about that but um you look at the guys from the 2024 class that ohio state still has a chance to land it's a pretty impressive this could be a heck of a finish for Ohio State. I'm not saying that they're going to get all these guys, and in they they almost certainly will not get them all. But you look at Jordan Seaton, we talked about. You look at Amaris Williams. We've talked a lot about him, the defensive end edge from North Carolina. Uh, you look at the guys making official visits this weekend. Coy Parrish, Ohio State would really like to add a safety this class, and he would be a great one. We've talked about him. He's a he's an athlete. Committed to Minnesota right now, but he would be a nice flip for Ohio State. Carlin Jones, they still need at least one, if not two, defensive tackles. He's visiting this weekend. And then Ernest Weiler, defensive tackle, defensive end guy. Then you put in Kingston v. Asa. And, and it, people, I've mentioned him. Ohio State is still recruiting him, and he is still listening. I'm not saying he's going to flip from Notre Dame. If I had to... Uh, say right now, I think he stays with Notre Dame if I absolutely had to make a prediction. But there's two-way communication this year there still. And I emphasize two-way communication. It's not just Ohio State reaching out to him. It's communication back and forth. So uh, Kingston is someone that Ohio State still could flip. Again, I'm not predicting it, but it's not out of the question and Ohio State's still working for him. So you've got those three guys visiting, making official visits this weekend, Parrish, Jones, and Weiler. And, you know, Ohio State's a legitimate possibility for all three of them. So we'll see what happens. Um, then also the following weekend, back to the portal, the weekend of December 15th, you've got Marley Cook. He is making his official visit. He's in the transfer portal. He is making an official visit to Ohio State. So you've got some good candidates as possibilities to fill the other or possibly two other defensive tackle spots in this class. Yeah, Marley Cook, defensive tackle from I believe Middle Tennessee State, who is one right. of the more one of the more coveted uh, defensive players on the market right now. Um, and he is, as he has put it to me more than once. Very interested in Ohio State. I saw the text. It had like four R's. Um, <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, Mellow Seven. This is, we kind of hit on this, but I want to make sure. 
Grand Poobah. Seton film is very impressive. Mark, do you think he's a better prospect than Brandon Baker? For that, for just for context, Brandon Baker was the left tackle. Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, modern day in California, came down to Ohio State, Oregon, and Texas, and we all feel like the oil wells in Texas did not spring a leak, and uh, he chose the Longhorns. Fair, accurate statement there, Bill? Yeah, Mark. I know what I'm saying. I just want to confirm that the situation oh, yeah, 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 yeah. as context. I'm familiar with who you guys are. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's the bar, and I'm talking about Brandon Baker. And mm -hmm. do we know what he signed for an NIL? Wasn't it like a whole more family than, move more to than Texas? Yeah, millions, uh, houses. I mean, so the bar is up there to sign a player like this. There are aspects of Jordan Seaton's game where he's right there with Baker or above him at certain things. Maybe in the run game, he might be a little more polished. Uh, but it's hard to take anything away from Brandon Baker. I mean, you're – uh, if there's uh, 700 uh, tackles available in the country, these are the two at the top, you know, and it's pretty, you know, it's like uh, an echelon and then a drop off, you know what I'm saying? Like you, these guys are up there. So I'd take either one of them uh, left side, right side, if you got both, but the, like you kind of alluded to the going rate for this guy, boy, it's a pretty penny. I mean, for, if the number one guy is going for what he went for, he, this guy could draw more. And, and what happens sometimes is, position scarcity there are no more humans like this left and maybe everybody starts to realize that and say hey if we really want this type of a player what it may cost but you put him up there with brandon baker and i know other people may watch different tapes and have him ahead so you know this is this is going to cost ohio state some nil money bill do you think it's just going to come down to cash you know i i really I always feel like the NIL is a factor. In some cases, it's important, more important than other cases. I, I used the example last week. For one kid, it might be up here. Another kid, it might be here. Another kid, it might be here. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I also think there's other factors. You know, I, I, I just think that it rarely comes down to one single factor. It sometimes does. But in most cases, there's more than one factor involved. I think we talked about this the other day. There's five stars and there's a uh, 32 five stars, like 32 picks in a round. Aren't those top five or 10 picks in the NFL draft insanely valued where the Niners gave up three first round draft picks just to move up a couple picks to get one of those. That worked out. Yeah. And I, <laughs> shots fired. Oh, Bill wants to tell you about the Deshaun Watson trade. Hold on a sec. <laughs> but hold on the Cowboys have Trey Lance right now. But anyways, uh, cost a fourth round pick, but go ahead. So I think if you consider Jordan Seaton a top 10, top five type player in an NFL draft, yep. I think the NL numbers get crazy where it's not like, like Bill saying some kids, it may be different. Yeah. You're, you're deciding between 50,000, 30,000, or maybe 70,000 for some kids. This may be 750,000. This may be a million. This may be 1.25. Those jumps and money are more than a lot of other kids are ever going to see through NIL. So I think when you're talking about quarterbacks, left tackles, and guys that are five stars that are maybe top five, ten in the five-star rankings, I think it gets real, <coughs> yeah, icky with this, you know, money because the jumps are going to be different. You know, what a top five quarterback signs for in the draft is way different than what the 32nd quarterback signs for and. So I think we got to start looking at not all five stars are created equal. No doubt. And I wonder if it's the same thing, you know, in football, you want to look at the signing bonus rather than the nature of the, the total um, monies for the contract for usually when you get a, when you see an NFL guy announce, he got a seven year, $90 million contract. First thing you want to look at is how much money was paid day one, meaning a signing bonus. And then how much is guaranteed. Uh, because don't forget, believe it or not, the only sport, the only real major professional sport where your money is not guaranteed is football. How that's possible, I don't know. Um, but the signing bonus is everything. And that's kind of what's happening uh, with what you're saying now. We you know, just the guys need, in the top X would want. We just, yeah, we need some agents who are going to tweet us that information as soon as they, because NFL agents want to brag what they just got for their player. 
where's Jordan Seaton's agent tweeting, hey, we just got house and X amount, and here's a picture of the contract. Here's how much is guaranteed. Uh, other players sign with me because this is what I can do for you. I think that's coming with the agents where they're going to start pimping out these contracts they get signed and, hey, I can get you guaranteed money because right now these some of these amounts that these players are getting aren't on paper anywhere, and I don't know how it's guaranteed in any way. Anyway, well, I mean, yeah, here's it might not be worth the paper it's written on if it's not signed by the right type of people. Agreed. Now, here's a book that's being written right now by a smart uh, sports journalist. He's chronicling all the big money NIL deals that were promised and fell through. And he's going to come out and write a tale of how seemly it is and give you all these anecdotal examples of dudes showing up at apartments and the key not working and guys going, you know, stuff like that. Cause that's what yeah. happens. Yeah. This is a bunch. There's a lot of shysters involved here. All right. Now I'm not writing that cause it takes too much work, but I can tell you what you can get people for holidays. And that is our second sponsor, Omaha steaks. This is a legit, we've done a lot of advertising on here, much to the chagrin of some, this is a legitimate offer that you if you were considering getting someone a gift i'm not kidding this is one of the best offers we've put out how was they sent me the steaks and i said this with dave yesterday (coughs) don't get intimidated by frozen steaks everything's individually portioned and the directions are cake believe me i'm not a guy who does directions well that's might shock you but this is incredible the holidays are here. Let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting. Shop carefully curated gift packages that are guaranteed to make spirits bright all winter long. Go to omahasteaks.now, omahasteaks.com right now and save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use promo code BUCKNUTS at checkout, get an additional 30%, $30 off your order. So you put in an order for $200, you're paying $70. That is an incredible deal. Uh, send tender, juicy, butcher's cut filet mignons, mouth-watering burgers, gourmet jumbo franks, or even easy-to-prepare meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today and know you're ordering the very best. Makes a tremendous gift. Visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of the 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code BUCKNUTS at checkout. To get that extra $30 off your order, minimum minimum order may be required. So we get a little schlocky on here with the ads, and I get that, but I'm serious. It's $200 worth of steaks for $70. Bucks. That's a legit offer. All right, let's talk transfers. I'm going to make a general statement, and you guys can comment on it. There, so the transfer portal officially opened yesterday morning, and... I said this before the show, we used to jest that on signing day, the first facts you got was the guy who wanted to beat at Ohio State the most. Kyle McCord's facts was the first to go into the portal, so I don't know what that says about how much he wanted to be here, but I slightly digress. There is a revolving door at the WAC, and I do sense some angst about that from people. Here's what I would say. I don't think you can be concerned at Ohio State about someone who transfers that didn't have an inherent guarantee of playing time next year. Now, no one's guaranteed playing time, but anybody can look at the roster and see if they're going to play or not. Here's the reason at Ohio State they're not going to stay, because every single player at Ohio State may not be Ohio State caliber, but they are big-time Division I caliber. So every if you can't start at Ohio State, you can go somewhere else and possibly be even be a star. And get a much bigger role. So why would you stay? To stay for the old college try? I think that's not a reasonable request anymore in the transfer portal. So while people are concerned, and that makes sense, if you've been jumped in the depth chart by a younger player at Ohio State, you are going to leave for the most part now. This is not a a universal truth. But for the most part, as we've always said, guys who come to Ohio State, Expect to play in the NFL. You can transfer out of Ohio State as a non-starter, go somewhere else and be a starter and make the NFL. 
So this is not going to be the place where guys stick it out as much as other places because they can play. They're going to go somewhere else and play. Um, it also opens up the Rasha for Ohio State to go out and get guys that fit better. Bill, I think we talked about this yesterday. There's been a shift in the philosophy of every college program, some more than others, that the money's going to start getting directed the NIO, to guys who have already played, to possibly transfer portal guys. Can you talk about what you've learned on that front? Well, w- when you look at it, it kind of makes sense. First of all, and I've talked about this before, the NIL is not what it was ten- intended to be. It was intended to be for players to capitalize on what they've done, um, not for players to be paid to sign with a college. Um, that's what it's kind of turned out to be. Um, they're using it to you know, get players to come to your school. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast should you ever set foot outside of the motel you will be shot don't miss the new showtime limited series based on the international bestseller for the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. The the shift, I think, from everything I hear is that, and I think this makes sense, is that eventually the shift is going to move to players the NIL really emphasizing what players have done in college, more like it was intended to be. So where does that go? That goes to money going to transfer portal guys because they have uh, a track record. You know, it's easier to project a transfer portal guy based on one, two, three years of experience in college than it is to project a 17-year-old high school kid and what he's going to be. So it would be smarter to put your money into the transfer portal, except for (coughs) the absolute guys you know are going to be stars in college. And there, we talked about there are different five stars. There are. You know, everybody knew Caleb Downs. He was a no-brainer. He was going to be a star. Good guy to put your money into. And it turned out that way. He played right away for Alabama. He's He was the real deal. So I could see putting my money into him. But you could put money in a better way for a lot of these kids into the transfer portal guys. And that's probably the way it's going to head as we move forward with the NIL. Mark, what's your latest vibe on this? Do you uh, were you you were surprised to see McCord go? Yeah, and I have a lot of thoughts on this. Actually, I start off with, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, there were guys on your roster that coaches would secretly try to run off because if we get them to quit, we get a scholarship back, and at least 
we know their scholarship's dead weight. At least if we offer a new freshman, that freshman has a chance. These kids just ran themselves off. That's all that just happened. Yep. And that's kind of the way you got to look at it. They were they were stuck on the roster for the last 30 years where you couldn't get rid of them. And they were stealing the scholarship and going to class and coming to practice and running scout team every day. And, you know, hey, that's the way it existed. Now there's a happy ending for these kids being run off. Like you said, Kyle McCord may go to Pitt or Wisconsin or Kentucky, start 12 games or something, have a new fresh breath, uh, play against lesser competition, sharpen his blade, go get drafted in the NFL, and things work out great for him. And he's probably going to get a nice NIL check to go wherever he goes. Same with all these backups. It it might not be at the biggest places, but they're going to go be on a field next year, and they're going to be playing. To me, if you want to go to the NFL, you got to develop. And you can't develop on the scout team every day and not getting on the field. So this is a positive way to run guys off or let themselves run themselves off at a place where you're right. The starters are going to the NFL and the backups are just a cut below that. And, hey, go play somewhere else if you don't want to sit the bench. And it it hurts our depth that I see the word brotherhood where, hey, I thought we were all in this. And, Dan, the look on your face says it, a picture is worth a thousand words. That brotherhood word in this day and age just isn't going to ring as true as much as it stings us as people who love a team. I mean, when the NFL started doing the free agency, it was like, oh, you know, we we can't root for this team anymore. It just breaks up every year, but we become accustomed to it. And I think we're going to become accustomed to that in college football where everywhere you're going to see this. And I, and I think there's more. I think what was 11 yesterday – um, I don't know how high it gets, but I think this is going to be, you know, a trend, strong trend. <laughs> yeah, I just preaching the the brotherhood thing is okay, but I think you need to do it after the roster is set for the year. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. I still think you can sell brotherhood and football and building chemistry and all that stuff. You just kind of want to know who's on the team first. It's kind of silly to say it that way, but um, I don't think that's really an issue at Ohio no, I, mean, I, I think we know what that meant in the right. past. No, I get it. I, yeah. You're locked in for four years. You're in my class, and, and now you're right. It's a year-to-year brotherhood where we kind of unlock arms at the offseason. We lock them back up in week yep. one, and, yeah, it, it, there's going to be some. And you know what? I don't think anyone ever begrudges you when you better yourself or put yourself in a better situation. Uh, McCord's the one that maybe he's not going to go to a better situation on a better team, you know, but it might be personally a better situation. I mean, you know what ruins that kid is if he doesn't win the starting job next year, he doesn't get drafted. Or if he goes three or four games and gets yanked, he doesn't get drafted. He goes to the pit and starts all 12 games. He could be a Pittsburgh Steeler. You know, so <laughs> if, he, if, his hands, if his hands are big enough, but, Good one. <laughs> you know, I think that's that's kind of what the, the logic was there to be the first one in the portal. That logic must have been pretty strong for him and his camp of decision makers around him where, OK, Ohio State is now a 50 50 proposition for you making it to the NFL. And maybe that's kind where there's some other places where it's a 95 percent proposition that you get reps, positivity some, you know, and get away from this one bad throw and we're coming for your head. In fact, I've always said this since I started working at Bucknuts. It's like every week, uh, it's like a village where we want to put someone's head on the pole out front to be like, Mm -hmm. if you don't behave right, your head will be out here next week. And behave right means win. And yeah, McCord's head is out on the front of the post Mm -hmm. at, you know, Columbus saying, hey, you know, we just put our leader on the pole or he put himself on the pole because winning is what we have to do here. And no one, no one is above winning is that's a big statement there, but your quarterback, your starting quarterback for 11 games, the guy you wrapped your arms around at the end of the year, everybody's evaluated a place like Ohio state. Nina Morgan starting to look like talent evaluating is off. I just don't agree with that. Um, They got the number two recruiting class in the country. They're going to have several first-round draft picks. Um, Dan, we we said something a little earlier before we started it. Was Ohio State so close 
to being, I mean, right. Michigan's the number one team in the country right now. You're literally four or five plays or a couple throws from being that team. Do you blow the whole thing up or is it just one little tweak or have you proven you're not good enough and you blow it all up? You know, so boy, these are big decisions for guys that have a lot of information to, to make that decision. But regardless of what the decision is, it looks like Ohio State's a blow up anyways because of the draft and other things where you're going to have a pretty fresh face looking team next year, you know, so it does become a rebuild in a way. Yeah, there are a lot of arguments in the college football playoff, for example, that I understand and don't necessarily agree with. Um, I could make a strong argument that Ohio State has the best loss. Um, who else would have it? Maybe Alabama, uh, Georgia losing to Alabama in the SEC title game, but that's a neutral field. Ohio State lost on the road. Um, to, to the number the, one team in the country. Now, does anyone really think to the number one team in the country? Um, but they are. Agreed. No, that's what I'm saying. Goal. That's why I can make the argument. Um, and so, like I said, when you run a marathon and you only get 24 and a half miles, is that proven that you can't get the mile and a half or that you just need to make a few tweaks? And that is the inherent administrative GM side of all this, that that uh, when I've said, did Day the GM betray D J uh, Day the quarterback, meaning – could he not execute his offense because the players weren't doing it that he gathered? Um, that can be frustrating. Um, and I guess that's where that talent is. Are we not evaluating talent right? Where that comment came up where, yeah, we have the talent and we're really close. But, you know, like you said, it's a, it's a general manager question and it's for guys who have a lot of information, a lot more information than we have right now. I want to talk about another recruitment bill that um, – a very highly coveted player out of the Houston area. His recruitment is going to be updated shortly. I was hoping you could bring us up to speed on Mr. Devin Sanchez. Yeah, it's a big day. Ohio State is going to see him today. Tim Walton, Ohio State cornerbacks coach. We would absolutely be remiss if we didn't mention this. I had this on uh, Bucknuts yesterday on our site. So this is not new information if you've mm -hmm. been on Bucknuts. Um Tim Walton is making his visit to uh, Devin Sanchez's school today, and Sanchez is still on track to announce his college choice at the All-American Bowl January 6th, and I still have my crystal ball pick on Ohio State. Um, as I put it in my article, a, a good argument can be made for him being as important or the most important guy for Ohio State in the 2025 class to still land. I mean, he's that good. Uh, he is a lockdown corner. Absolutely. Uh, tell me how important Denzel uh, Ward is to the Cleveland Browns. He's out, they lose. Last two games. You know, lockdown corners, especially guys like Devin Sanchez that are six foot two lockdown corners, they're not easy to find. They're very difficult to find. So, uh, Tim Walton is scheduled to see be at his school today. And also I mentioned that we talked about Marley Cook, the defensive lineman. This could change, but uh, as of uh, a day or so ago, Larry Johnson is supposed to be out to see Marley Cook tomorrow. He'll see him this week, and it it uh, is, had been scheduled, has been scheduled uh, for tomorrow. So that's an important one. Uh, he is, as Dan mentioned, one of the top defensive line prospects in the transfer portal. Jeff, how do you know I haven't already done that? Come on, man. Um, all right. Do you guys want to make a comment on the college football playoff? I think you might be legally obligated to do so. Do you feel strongly uh, about Florida State? Do you feel strongly about how it was uh, decided? Bill, Mark? I, I've been on record going back years that we need like a 64-team playoff just like basketball because I, I love what Mike Leach said. If you saw his little rant on, you know, hey, I guess we got it right because everybody else does it. I guess now that Trevor Lawrence is hurt, even though the Jaguars are leading the uh, AFC, yeah, we're not going to let him in the playoffs. We're going to put another team from the NFC in the playoffs because we have a committee that sits around and knows more than everybody and deciding things on the field. I, you know, I want more teams in it. I hate that there's only four. I don't think they could ever possibly have the, the four best. I think that they're, 
I think this is what we're going to see. There, there wasn't parity in college football where the top four usually set themselves so far apart from everybody else. It always, it was like always Alabama, always whatever. With this NIL and free agency, you're going to see teams that have an argument to be in that top couple spots. And there's no human that's smart enough to know what's going to be decided on any field, even if a player is out for a game. Uh, So those are my strong feelings about it. Like we can't get to the 12 team playoff soon enough and we can't expand it to 24 soon enough for me. Um, I think we cut the season down to 10 regular season games so we can go get 11, 12, 13, 14 games and have a nice playoff system. Um, so you, yeah, you really touched into something I believe in. There's no way they got the right four teams. Ohio State could get in that top four tomorrow and make some noise and beat beat one of those top four tomorrow, and it, it wouldn't even make anybody blink. So I don't. That's that's what's never going to sit well. Florida State, it's a crime, you know. It, it, and just all of these things, I think people with common sense know and understand. Uh, the irony is we should have been in 12 teams this year, and Florida State, I guess, was against that. Which yeah. Boys, you know, so there are some storylines here that make this, you know, fun to follow. And I'm glad that's not my fan base. But, boy, I, I we can't get to 12 soon enough. And then here's the argument with 12. Ohio State's going to have a, you know, one versus 16 seed or something or one versus 12. When those 11 and 12s or 10 start upsetting, upsetting these upper teams, that's going to be your new problem going into the future is, wow, we don't we shouldn't have let all those extra teams in. Because now they upset our number one team. So I don't think anybody's ever going to be happy. You know, they got decided on the field, but we don't like how that went. Uh, so there's my feelings. That Yeah, not not fun. For those of you on the podcast, the great Sanchez family has checked in. Mrs. Sanchez, excited to have Coach Walton in town. Devin got up early this morning for breakfast, LOL. He is definitely looking forward to the visit today. No pressure, Coach Walton. Um, <laughs> seriously. Uh, yeah, so we will be all over that, checking that stuff out. And um, my feeling on the on the playoff, and I'll just get it on record, I understand why they put Alabama in there um, in the effort to make it a better game, except the fact that like two weeks ago, Alabama needed a miracle to win that game against Auburn in the end zone. What people forget about that, they took a muff punt to even get down there. That game was over. And the week before Auburn lost to New Mexico state by a hundred points. So this is not the Alabama that we were used to. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying they won't beat Michigan, but the idea that there's some juggernaut that can't be beat. I just don't agree with that. And I'll say this. I was really impressed with Florida state's defense against Louisville. And I would think you give me three weeks, or not me, but a coach three weeks to coach up the quarterback. That Florida State defense is loaded with NFL players. They could have slowed Michigan down. I, I don't think it's a guarantee. So, oof, that's a brutal. That's never going away for, uh, you know, for for that squad, man. That's just Florida State may never get to do that again. There's a chance you never go 13-0 again. When was the last time they did it? And it's going to get harder. So I'm not saying they were right or wrong because I would bet on Alabama to beat Michigan. Uh, Michigan. I'll bet on Alabama to beat Michigan. I bet on beat Florida State. The problem with the entire thing to me is they pick and choose. If you're really saying the best four teams, I think actually Ohio State might be favored against Washington. I, I was going to say okay, and they're number two. So it doesn't make sense. You can't do it. You can't pick and choose and do one and two one way and then do three and four another way and five and six another way. I don't really care what the four is if Ohio State's out, but that's not fair. And some uh, also, also, go ahead, Bill. Uh, also, you talk about the best four teams and should Ohio State everything. That's one of the things that drove me crazy leading up to all this. It kept being brought up that Ohio State is not going to get in because the committee gave them a break last year and put them in. They didn't. Ohio State showed absolutely they didn't give them a break last year. They were one injury, one hit, one targeting, I might add, away from beating Georgia, and they would have won the national championship. There was no break last year. 
Um, and it, that narrative that they're not going to get in this year it, that was going through at one point because they got the break last year. It's like you said, Ohio it's this State. Year. Yeah, it, I don't it just understand doesn't make sense. That. And the other narrative, the other thing that was, you know, I look back uh, when the 12 team playoff was decided upon for next year. And there were a lot of people unhappy about that, that, oh, we're changing, we're welting too many teams in and so on and so forth. Well, you don't have that problem with Florida State getting left. You're going to, you know, sure, you get the 13, 14, 15, there's going to be people complain. But I don't think you're going to have a team like Florida State not getting their chance. Well, you're not going to have a team that's has that lofty of a resume and – harboring a real belief they can win the national championship. Yes, the teams 12, 13, 14 will, you know, have the George Mason dream. And that may be an exaggeration, but um, it's not like, you know, where you are now, where the teams that you theoretically, the four that get in there should have a chance. The problem with this is very, hold on a sec, Mark, I'll, I'll let you finish it. But the problem with this is very basic. You got five major conferences and four slots. So it's a matter of time before you, someone's going to get screwed. There was no right answer here. So, like, there was no right answer. I, I'm not saying that Florida State didn't get screwed, but th- th- then you get, keep this in mind. And this is another thing I want to say. If you looked, and their justification for not putting Florida State in, Boo Corrigan said out loud, was the injury to Jordan Travis. Did you guys hear them say that? Okay, so if you look at the rules, there is a thing that says in there, or the guy, you can judge a major loss of a player to fit it in there if it's not, you know, it's what happens. So if you lose a major, but then when he was talking about it, Boo Corrigan said it wasn't a tight end, it wasn't a receiver. So why don't they just call that the quarterback rule? Basically, if you lose your quarterback, he's out. The guy said out loud, he mentioned the other positions as not being as important. And the rule says player. So basically what that fourth rule is for television, if your quarterback is gone, you ain't playing on TV. Okay. That's basically, that's the quarterback TV rule. That's not a player rule. Who, if Brock Bowers was not, is the best player in the country, they wouldn't have kept George out because he was missing. Okay. It should be just called the quarterback rule. I'm sorry, Mark, you have the last word. No, and, and I like that point. And the other rule should be if you had 19 million people watch your last game, we're putting you in the t- top four. You know, I, <laughs> I think that this is such a flawed process and it's such crap and it's been crap for, you know what? We were so happy to get a playoff with two teams. We could, you know, we were, we were so happy to get four and all we've been doing is pushing in the right direction. Uh, I'm going to say this out loud. What if, you know, that feed of the Michigan team when they find out, you know, who's going to be their fourth person. What if it would have been Ohio State? Mm. What if they would have announced Ohio What do you think the groan would have been in that room? On a neutral field, we got to go play Ohio State. Now, in an alternate universe, if that would have happened, McCord's still with us. McCord's going to go beat him by three points because we're on a neutral field. And McCord's the hero of the year, and he's not leaving. And what a fickle world we live in. You know, like at the top of this heap, boy, I mean, I think Ohio State's in the top four and they could easily beat any of those four teams on any given day. And and they're the seventh ranked team in the country. So, boy, th- this has got to change. And, and I'll be happy that when this is over, that we get into a normal system next year where Ohio State will be in it every year and they'll have a chance on a football field to settle it the way the game was designed to be settled not with guys like us saying oh, quarterback rule and all this other stuff that that's that doesn't leave a good taste in anybody's mouth. It's a slippery slope. Um, and Chris lets you know, right there, like Washington was a nine point underdog and they won. So we don't know. So Vegas doesn't know. Fair. They don't. I mean, they have a good idea on it. But you got to, and, and that's why I use them examples. Nobody is tracking it harder than Vegas. No one's got more dollar bills tracking it, and you know, they, and they don't know. <clears throat> I don't know who said easily. I don't think we said easily here. I think that we said that on any given day. Yeah, um, on any given day. Yeah, I, I, if I, 
Michigan would tell you that if they play Ohio State 10 times, it might be five and five. That's from Michigan. That's from. No, that is from Michigan. Yeah, that is from people I know up there that have that type of respect for what they just played. And they know damn well that if it was on a neutral field and you don't have a few of those calls and whatever, that game tightens up tremendously. You know, so it, it, let's say this is, hey, you know what? But all we can do is say that was settled on the field. And we can bitch, cry, whatever, but it was settled on the field. It wasn't settled by a committee. I want Alabama to beat Michigan, obviously. I don't think it's a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination. This is not the Alabama team with Tua and uh, a cadre of receivers and and skill talent everywhere. That just does not – this is not that team. Now, they could win, and, you know, I got to assume Tricky Nick with three weeks to prepare for anything is going to be good at his job. That's one of the reasons I would have been psyched about Ohio State because – as much crap as we're giving him right now, or everyone gives day, you give day. Th- he's shown that to you in the playoffs. You give him a month to get ready. He's going to have a tremendous game plan. All right. We are going to wait today for Bill to talk to Miss Sanchez, Mr. Sanchez and Devin Sanchez and Tim Walton, everybody. Rumor has it. Bill was invited and didn't go, <laughs> but we will have more on this. The, the information is coming fast and furious. We even had to have a breaking news pod at some point. But we'll be back on Thursday with more wit and wisdom. We appreciate y'all stopping by. Have a good one, Buckers. Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.